We all know that cars mean traffic, errands, and budgets. But they should also represent freedom and fun. Join us as we work to find everyone a car they'll love. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Public service announcement, just in case you've been shopping M2s or given up shopping M2s, they are now under forty grand. everybody. Seriously? I found one in El Cajon, California for $39,950. Really? Yeah. DCT, 23,000 okay. miles. It is not a salvage title. It is a genuine Long Beach blue. All right. So that represents the bottom of the M2. market is now under forty. Yay! That's frightening and amazing all at once. However, it isn't nearly as frightening as that thing I, I am continually frightened of, <laughs> yeah. and that is once Hellcats are less than thirty grand, I am locking my door. I might not be on the podcast anymore because I might not leave the house. I might become agoraphobic. It'll be a Hellcatophobic is what <laughs> so, it'll be. There we go. Yeah. If you have shutters, close them. Does anybody have shutters on the house? I think it's just this. That, I think that's just this side of the zombie apocalypse. People with no yeah, business and a little yeah. bit of cash have got a Hellcat. That is lock your door. Anyway, on the good side for tire manufacturers, <laughs> the tire it's gonna be, uh, their it, profits that, are that's increasing. Lock your door and buy stock at tire companies there and call it a day. There that's, it is. That's, that's my new survivalist plan right there. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Hey, also another public service announcement for the pilgrimage trip. We are closing registration very soon. Mm-hmm. We're screeching towards that. We actually had a couple of people join since the last public service announcement. So yes, if you're true. thinking about this, considering we'd love to have you, but we will lock in cars and then mm-hmm. we will have a Skype call with everybody going. So yeah, we can kind of connect everybody, you know, yep. meet everybody online first and then you know kind of give you all the, the debrief about what's going on. And It's going to be such a good trip this bought year. Bought plane tickets. Yeah, it's going to be a great trip I'm this year. so excited. We do have a couple spaces left. Also, I, I know there are a few of you out there that are circling. You're sending us emails with questions. If you have further questions that aren't on the FAQ, we're, we're here. We're ready for questions because we'd love to have you with us. It's going to be an awesome... I was talking to somebody about it just like an hour ago. Mm. And they they somehow... They follow the show, but they somehow didn't realize how cool the trip was. I I talked them through the itinerary and they were like, I really should go. And I said, yeah. Oh, it's very cool. As a matter of fact, there was a question. We'll get to questions in a little bit, but I'm scrolling down. Questions from... A sound one okay. on Instagram. Yeah, Have yeah. we ever talked with Sabine about the van and the whole lapse <laughs> on the nerve ring? Any cool insights she might have shared? I'll just say, I love your question, but why don't you come on the pilgrimage trip and ask her yourself? That's a fair question. I, I like that response. By the way, while we're talking about things on the website, again, everydaydriver.com, you have the Adventures tab to find out about that. You could also sign up for the Utah Meetup, thanks to those of you that have already told us you're coming, mm-hmm. which reminds me, yeah. you and I ought to sign up for the track day, because we can confirm <laughs> our spots. <laughs> That's true. Because we'll be there for all That's of it, true. of course, and we're very excited. Again, it's mountain biking and dinners and track day and road tour and all kinds of fun stuff for that. While you're there, I was just had somebody remind me of this. Hmm. All of our films have been in and out of print on Blu-ray. Oh, yes. Great, okay? great Because Thank various you. ones yeah. of them have, have timed out. As of right now, all five of our feature films are currently available on Blu-ray. You can get them through the website, which leads you to Amazon. So you can go right to everydaydriver.com, go into the Films tab. You can chase your pre- preferred way to have it. That's streaming, that's Blu-ray, et cetera. But uh, we haven't had Blu-rays on a few of them in a while. Mid-Engines and Mountains has been out of print for a bit. It's back. Mm-hmm. All five are available. If you yep. are the kind of person like me that collects things on Blu-ray, you can get it now. I was going to say, asking Sabine about the van is – I'm not mocking the question. It's its an excellent question. It's just sort of like asking Harrison Ford about Star Wars. Like, hey, so you were in Star Wars. Tell me about that. Ex- except except anytime Harrison Ford gets those questions, he goes blank like he forgot that he did it. Whereas Sabine, <laughs> oh. I think, remembers every lap Sabine she's done. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. So, Indiana Jones, that seemed cool. What was that like? <laughs> like uh, wait, really? <laughs> Where do I start? Anyway. Speaking of start, we've got a couple of great debates for everyone uh, we've we've got to talk about the new Gordon Murray T50 
teased yeah. first, but we do have a couple of great yeah. debates. Adam in Pittsburgh asking for one car to rule them all. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Name the film reference there. Yep, I heard it. And then uh, Gonzalo in Barcelona, Spain, who's debating dream car versus fun sports car now, mm. which I like. Anyway, I where we're going to go with that. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, we will get to both of those car debates. Uh, this Gordon Murray thing, I, I want you to speak on it because I have a feeling you know more about it than I do. I, I know a little bit about I, it. But, I know what I've read. But one of the things I f- I'm most surprised by is that the only thing I feel like we've heard from Gordon Murray for the past decade is sports cars are dead. I am building a tiny little smart size city car. Okay. There's been okay. three or four of those that when he comes out with press, that's what he's doing now. And and so that's where mm. I thought the guy's headspace mm. was. And that that's why that makes me more shocked about this than anything else because the last we heard, when last we left our story, if you will, on Gordon Murray, <laughs> it was all about I am making a little tiny city car. And now, oh by the way, uh, McLaren F1 follow-up. Honestly, I wonder. Well, Chris Bangle has done the same thing. Okay. Chris Bangle lives in Italy. He's the former design director for BMW. Yes. And we had the Bangle Butt era. Yes. Famous for flame surfacing and the Bangle Butt. Really. I mean, yeah. Chris was great. You know, Art Center grad from 1981, and he would always make you wear Mickey Mouse ears when you came into his office and, you know, you were hot and you wanted to talk about something. He'd force you to put on Mickey Mouse ears and then say, you were kidding. Now let's have the conversation. And he was wearing them too. <laughs> Like put on Mickey Mouse ears, and that. now let me, you know, now tell me why tell you're me so your, angry. Your that thing. is his. I didn't know that. That yeah. is hysterical. That was his whole thing about, you know, calming. You know, let's talk rationally. You can't do it when you're looking at somebody wearing Mickey Mouse ears. You cannot do it. <laughs> That's <laughs> very funny. I do like that. Yeah. Anyway, so he was doing the same thing a couple of auto shows ago. He came out with a, a similar city car concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. A lot of designers went that direction, but I wonder if this is a forced error or a you know, forcing designers' hands because of where everything was going for a mm, while. Mm. And now that the autonomy is such the talk and Uber and Lyft and and ride sharing around the world is such a thing now that <laughs> well huh, there's there's not many manual transmissions left. Supercars are well, they're mm. un- unobtainable as his will be again, but yeah. they've been going in that direction so far it's now all the attention is on the city car. Mm. All the attention is on Fair. the urban transportation problem. Fair. And now, oh, we've kind of presented our proposals. A lot of car companies are dealing with this. We're all going to have the electric egg. Oh, yeah, sports cars. Maybe. maybe. And manual transmissions. Well, but I also think it leads back to that topic Tuesday we had a few a little while back, and that is these kind of cars are becoming the new aspirational luxury item. They are almost mm-hmm. moving into the place that yachts have always been. Yeah. Where yeah. do I need this? No. Does it make sense for my life regularly? No. But for the five days a year that I could have it, I want it and I can afford it, and there is a huge margin, uh, profit margin on it. I think these these analog hypercars. I think they're moving into that yacht space. I, I don't know the way to, another way to put it because it's not like a mm. private plane space. Because theoretically, even though a private plane is luxury, you're using it to do something. Okay. Sure. Whereas, Save whereas time, yeah. Essentially. Whereas the the yacht and the supercar, you're just doing that for fun. What's interesting about this, if you have not found the T50 concept, it's just a drawing at this point, and there's a short video of of Gordon Murray talking about this. It's a naturally aspirated 3.9 liter V12 built by Cosworth, 650 Mm. horsepower, and he's claiming this will be the highest revving engine ever fitted to a street car, Mm. 12,000 RPM. But it's got a manual. It's got a six-speed manual transmission. Yeah, yeah. 
this is this the cusp of a, a response to where we're going with all this ride sharing and automation? Mm. Is this the high dollar at the very high end response to, okay, the car companies are, you know, the automotive industry is going in that direction. What about the goodness of the old days? What about this? Because I'll bet you this will be the only supercar new with a manual transmission. Again, it's that luxury. That's the differentiator. Yeah. It's now. it's that pay for luxury. The luxury is, is the analog thing you pay for. To yeah, me. I, I think it's interesting. I mean, the, the recipe it? sounds delicious. Is Gordon yeah. Murray saving yeah, yeah. all of us enthusiasts, even though we can't drive it or afford it or anything like that? But yeah. Is this the representation? And maybe other car companies might follow his lead and think, yeah, you know, there was some goodness to that. Mm. Yeah, mm. maybe we Who should. Who knows? Again, autonomous egg, four cylinder, manual transmission, roadster. With no traction control and no nothing else, yeah, and it's it's skin over a chassis, and that's it. It'll it'll just be about where the money is, honestly. And if they can make a margin on these, and enough people will sign up for the limited edition, whatever, then they'll keep doing it. Yeah, very interesting, very intriguing. But uh, you know, the car doesn't exist quite yet; it's just a sheet of paper right now. And if it was anyone other than Gordon Murray, I don't think we'd all be as excited as we are. True, but because true. he is the father of the McLaren F1, which is still rarefied mm. error. Yeah, and actually, I th- I've mentioned this before. I was I was reading some stuff about that in the last year or two. Those cars are now starting to become drivers. They're starting to become oh, cars that are yeah. getting driven because, and you've yeah. probably heard this before, uh, that apparently the way you service them is with some 1997 uh, uh, <laughs> yes. Toshiba laptop, yes. which is hysterical to me. You would think somebody would like, I don't know, figure out how to make that operating system work on something more modern. You know? <laughs> Just the cable alone, so, the serial interface cable. Yeah. Some, somebody update that, Good but luck. that's a side note. But, but because there are so few and because they are so loved, mm-hmm. and I actually think the, the best equivalent is the original Ferrari Testarossa is in this camp too. Okay. They're worth so much money that the people that can afford to have them are now driving them because driving them is not reducing their value. Oh, like the guys that oh, we've sure. seen at, at Pebble Beach who sure. race their Ferrari Testarossa and might crash it. But if they do, it's still a crashed Ferrari Testarossa and it's worth the world. Yeah. You know? That's so happening more and more, that, to be honest. That's, that's happening to these F1 now, which I think is interesting because yeah. for a while they were the garage queens and that kind of stuff. But now people that have them are starting to actually drive them because it doesn't matter. You, it's still you worth a fortune. You can't drop the value by doing anything. To, which you is You can nuts. crash it and it's not drop the value. It's just insane. It really is. Wow. All right. Adam from Pittsburgh has written to us about one car to rule them all. He has bought a house. He's turning 30 in a few months. He's just bought the first house. You're an adult. That's a frightening <laughs> Time list. Time to start adulting. Yeah. He's currently got a 2017 Subaru WRX, all right? He says, well, that seems fun. It's his second WRX. Mm-hmm. He had the prior generation, and he missed, misses the hatchbackness but he's had, of this. Between the two cars, he's owned a WRX for nine years. It's been a while. All right, so like I said, he's out in Pittsburgh. Winters are a pain, potholes, snow, ground clearance, needs all-wheel drive, feels like he needs all-wheel drive. Mm-hmm. Commute to work is all highway traffic, and he loves the stick, but some days he wishes he didn't love it so much. I see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's given us some options to play with here using $40,000, and that is either one car. Mm -hmm. He also plays hockey, by the way. He coaches and plays, so think, you know, big bags of hockey gear and long sticks. Have you seen the pads that I have, by the way? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then what about some sort of SUV and the fun car for the same budget? Possibly, So one car, two. Divide it up. How do I divide it up mm-hmm, based mm-hmm. on his needs, based on his hockey needs? I went round and round. I, I went one direction, thought, no, that's too typical. That's usual suspects. I think I've hit on something fun. Have you really? Good. I think so. Good, good. Okay. 
The third thing that he's telling us and uh, wanting to chat a little bit about here is the idea of leasing and how much we Mm -hmm. don't talk about it, apparently, although I I do think we touch on it a fair amount. We do. We do when it comes up, yeah. And, Adam, it's, uh, you know, it's one of those things where you're paying to not own the car. And leasing generally, I think, works for business owners because it's such a Mm write-off and the business is paying for it. You can, you know, realtors or whatever that is or your home business or whatever you've got, you know, works great for that. I I mean, it's hard to swallow a four or five thousand dollar down payment plus another down payment be restricted on miles and yeah. then have to give the car back, and I still don't own it. Yeah, one of the biggest things that that happens for us in a lot of these these leasing conversations is a lot of people that we know that have leased have had trouble with their mileage cap. It's difficult. and then it becomes very expensive. If and, and I and I say this because it is an every person situation. If you can make leasing work for you and you are fine with having an indefinite car payment, I say absolutely. Mm-hmm. Why not? Because mm-hmm. it takes the maintenance out of the equation. It takes the when do I get another car out of the equation. You're just you're now on the treadmill of car ownership. Not in a bad way, but you just are. Mm-hmm. So if you can swing it, why not? But if you want to have something to show for like an actual asset at, at, when you're done, if you want to run you know thirty thousand miles this year or even twenty. You know, how are you going to do that unless you buy the car? So it really depends on your personal situation. I mean, living in Los Angeles, working in the film industry, I swear everyone leased their car because sure. for everybody it was sure. a write off. Everybody had their own, I mean, literally, actors who'd never been anything had their own production company were leasing their car because they used it as a write off. I mean, everybody <laughs> did it. So what is your situation? Sure. And, and sure. I hate to say it this way, but how do you run your books? Yeah. Here's one of the ways that yeah. the leasing can work for sure. Yeah. Well, actually, I just heard in the news that Hertz in a brand new step for them is starting a subscription service Hmm. based in two cities. Uh, One of them is Atlanta, I I believe. And the subscription service is two levels, $1,000 a month and $1,400 a month, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which also puts it out of the realm of most of us because agreed, agreed. $1,000 a month in car payment. That is one heck of a nice That's car. very nice, yes. 700 to 1000 is the sweet spot for a really nice yeah, car. Yeah, big time. Not to mention 1400 Now, I'm sure there's, you know, the delivery and the pickup and the full tank of gas mm-hmm. and the service and all that stuff is yeah. included and you're paying for that. I don't know if insurance is included or not. I just, this is brand new information, but I'm thinking, okay, this is for a limited customer base. Mm-hmm. It's got to be expensive to make the numbers work for Hertz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're still restricted on mileage. Yeah, of course So you are. why wouldn't you just buy, if you're $1,000 a month, get something nice, $1,400 well, a month? At that point, wow. lease something at five or 600 and put the rest yeah. in your pocket. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, it, they're still trying. I, I find this very interesting mm-hmm. because Book by Cadillac is now gone. Mm-hmm. There's various still subscription for yeah. Mercedes, BMW, and Porsche. That's it's gonna going to keep on. happening for sure. They're they're you know toeing the pool, trying this out. Yeah. Meh, can't make the numbers work, and I can't imagine customers are lining up for that one. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I could be wrong, but. Well, here's okay. the thing. I think the cars we're way off in the weeds now, but I think this car subscription sweet spot is going to be when it's 500 bucks a month or less. I however, agree. however, who's going to be able to make that those numbers work unless they're doing huge volume, which is the only way to make that work? Yeah. And then are those cars available going to be anything beyond a Corolla? <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, I mean, it's and be you're, you're not getting service at that point. You're dropping to a parking lot and then driving away, and the next thing that you order, probably yeah. you're not getting home pickup and delivery. Very sure. interesting. I mean, we're way off in the weeds here. It doesn't really relate, but it is fun. It is interesting. All right. So we got these couple of choices. He loves cars, 
Adam just says, I love cars. I don't have the ability to work on them a great deal, but, you know, the WRX has been great. It's been nine years mm-hmm. worth of WRX, and he needs a change. He needs yeah. a little yeah, bit yeah. of added space. But where, what direction should he go here? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. one car, two, you know, got the house payment now, of course, yeah. two-car garage. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we could do that, but... I, I think every option is on the table at this point. 40 is a healthy budget, mm-hmm. but I think, mm-hmm. I suspect, that budget is wrapped up in very little cash. I be- mm. I bet you it's mostly, I can do $40,000 over 60 months sure, or 72 sure, sure. months, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that kind of mm-hmm. car payment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is why I come back to the BMW M2 is now under 40, just saying. But <laughs> This you know, is really why we started the podcast, just, just so we can keep coming back around to the exactly. fact that they are, yeah. Exactly. It doesn't really work for you. I get that. But I just thought you'd all like to know, okay. 40K okay. is now M2 level. So I thought about this. Okay. I went to SUV land. I went to cheap commuter land. I mm-hmm. tried mm-hmm. all kinds of combinations. But what I have landed on is two cars, Adam. Okay, good. And again, hear me out. I know you're 30. But I'm not proposing an SUV. I am proposing a wagon. Oh, cool. Good. It's not a brown 80s Mercedes wagon, but it is. (laughs) You won't won't be masquerading as a car journalist, (laughs) but anyway, yeah. But it is a 2016 Mercedes E350 4Matic wagon for $36,000 with 44,000 miles. Mm. Black wheels, black color, black interior. It's it's. Great! It's really it's the Darth tight. Vader wagon. Got it. it is okay. tight looking. All right, all right. It is at the same uh, dealership down in Salt Lake that we've been, you know, looking at cars. Uh, that same great place. It's mm-hmm. Eurosport something. I yeah, think. yeah. Uh-huh. We've been, you know, nosing around cars around there. They seem like a great dealership. That's right here in Salt Lake. As a matter yeah, of fact, yeah. Forty-four thousand miles. This car is mm. practically new. It's a Mercedes all-wheel drive wagon. Windows are blacked out. It's just tight. It's, it's the murder edition. Of it the is. E-class it is. It's wagon. kind of murdered out. But the reason I'm thinking the wagon is because of hockey. Long, sure, sure, you've got sure. The long sticks. You probably got a couple that you take with you. Mm-hmm. You've got the gear. Probably some friends too. It's got the size. Okay. And then with your four thousand dollars budget left over, <laughs> you're going to spend every dollar. Oh, Keep going. Right yeah. up, screaming right like up it. to the budget. I like it. Buy a four thousand dollar Miata to thrash all summer long. Okay. Just sure. go beat on the sure. thing. It yeah. was four grand. Something breaks, it's four grand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see that. But you get this cool wagon all year long. The thing in my mind is this wagon is going to handle no better or worse than any SUV you and I can name. Short of a Cayenne or short sure. of something, sure. you know. at a uh, The super hot version of a SUV. Hot I take, take any normal SUV. I take your point. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be any better or worse in terms of handling, feel, and feedback but the power's there. Mm. It's a Mercedes, 44,000 miles. It was just driven. It looks clean, beautiful car. I bet you could find others. This one just happens to be pretty hot looking. And, you know, it looks like a car enthusiast drives this car. Sure. It doesn't yeah, just yeah. look like Mommobile. It's the step beyond that. Uh, yeah, it looks for like, sure. oh, for sure. sweet wagon. Oh, you play hockey. Oh, cool. I like it. I so like it. wagon instead of SUV. Okay. I, I, I came across this and I thought, Huh, what if we go away from that? Why not more wagons? Mm. We just don't have the choice in the U.S. And then some cheap Miata to go beat on. And, I like it. I you like know, it. You come home from work, jump in the Mercedes for hockey practice. Very cool. Excellent. That's where I went. Well done. I have, uh, I have three variations and one little kind of, while you're here, here's a wild card kind of thing. Excellent. I want to start with my, I have two different two-car variations. 
because maybe you want to do that, but but it sounds like you haven't lived with two cars yet. So you also have to figure out is that Probably something not. that works? I mean, I yeah. I have two cars now for my part of the life. My my wife has the Cayenne, which she loves, mm-hmm. but I have the Lancer for winter duty and the Lotus for summer duty, mm-hmm. and I like them both. They both they are the right tools for the job in both cases. There is that part of me that liked that when I had an FRS, I just drove it. I, I don't care what the weather is. I just drove yeah, it. True. You're not. It, it's weird. This is going to sound so unbelievably spoiled when I say this. But sometimes I don't want to have to look at the weather app and go, which car should I drive today? <laughs> I just want to th- – those are my keys. And I'm just whatever, – whatever that does today, I'm going to be in my oh, car. Wouldn't that be a cool weather app, though, if it knew your car choices? You, you put them in, you enter them in the weather <laughs> oh, app, and it personalizes it. In the morning, your phone goes, bing, yeah. drive the Lotus today. Yes. Oh, brother. And Somebody's building that right now. And by you should switch to the Lancer because there's anyway, rain. Anyway, so uh, – but, I mean, my, my, my son, I just drove him somewhere earlier today, and, and yeah. he said, hey, can we take the Lotus? And I said, of course we can take the Lotus. And I had, I had, it was funny because I had walked out because it was actually, it's still really weird spring weather here in spite <laughs> of the fact, by the way, it is June and we're doing spring weather. <laughs> I walked out early this morning and because it had been nasty all morning, I grabbed the Lancer keys and I got halfway through the garage and my son goes, can we take the Lotus? And I was like, yeah, why not? I, I yeah. can't think of a why not. Yeah. So we did. Good. But so anyway, but my point is, are you going to like having two cars or are you just going to wish you were driving the fun thing every day you're not driving the fun thing in traffic? That's a personal question. I can't answer that. Yes, go probably. With two cars to begin with. You said maybe an SUV. You brought these up. I want to back your play on them. Used CX-5 or used RAV4, maybe even the Mazda CX-3. I think the Mazdas are going to be more fun to drive. Hmm. Can you do something as small as a CX-3? I think the smaller it gets, the better it gets. Driving-wise, if you really want an SUV, you can do your all-wheel drive. You can do that. Those are cheap used. I knew somebody that got a one-year-old CX-3 for seventeen grand. one year old You're kidding me. No, I'm not kidding. So my point is wow. you could really search around for a while and probably find a deal on one of those. And then you pick a usual suspect for your fun car. Okay. Okay. Sure, and, sure. And, and you've brought a lot of them up. I, I'm going to review them a bit. But look, I think honestly, you should go 86 or, or Mazda Miata because they're so cheap and you can get a lot of car for your, let's say you spent 15, maybe even 20 of your budget mm-hmm. on the SUV. You've got 20 left over. You can get a really nice one of those, but yet they don't, you don't have to be precious about them. So I thought of that version. That to me is the most responsible execution of this idea. Well, he is already adulting. Yeah, I know. Since we're, adulting, adult. since we're adulting, there is that. However, if you get the CX-5, you can't get the Miata because I don't want you to have two, two Mazdas in your garage. So you can't do that. Sure. So that's sure. the mix-up. Well, but you, yeah. Then I had an alternative to this. Looking at your Subaru, love, I want to get you out of the WRX, but you have that's been your life experience. I want to get you into something you can't believe you own it. This is still a two-car scenario, but follow me. Get yourself a less than 10 grand, because that's what they are, Saab 92X. Oh. You have the WRX bloodline, but it isn't one. You have all-wheel okay. drive. Okay. It's going gonna, it's gonna to feel, feel familiar. It's going to have that kind of home nostalgia feel, but it's less than 10 grand. You get one of the aero ones. They're going to have high miles, but who cares? You just drive it. Sure. This is sure. Your, your usable, reliable WRX alternative for less than ten grand. Interesting. Now take the rest of your budget, which is thirty, maybe a little more, depending on how much you squeezed for that arrow. Take that and now either buy or lease, look either way, something you can't believe you own. Oh, sure. I'm talking, you know, could you get yourself an F type? Can you get yourself a Ooh. nice Cayman S? What can you Cayman get S, for yeah. that thirty thirty five? What can you find that it's that car that you're just like, I can't believe I owned that? 
And I think, mm. look, I think mm. Porsches fall easily into that category. But what speaks to you? And I think this is a level beyond 86. I'm talking about finding something used that in that when it was new was way out of your budget. One of those cars for mm. your fun car. Mm. So that's that scenario. In this two-car scenario, I have one little alt, and that is replace the commuter with a BMW i3. Uh, Whatever scenario huh. you go with, because huh. it's a little tiny hatchback. It's a perfect commute car. You're going to have a little bit of storage is space. Is that about in there. the ten grand price range? You're saying fifteen. Okay. You, okay. Instead of getting the CX-5 or the CX-3, you don't even need as much as you need for one of those to get yourself a, a used BMW i3. Sure. And if and if it's your commute car, then that's so different than whatever your fun car is. It may still be fun. That's why I'm thinking i3. I could see that. I mean, I'm just thinking about cash allocation versus you know part of the part of the budget. In this scenario, I'm at 15 is, grand for the i3. You know, could you do that? 10, yeah. 15, for 15 that. grand for the i3. 25. Now you're back at I think 86 or Miata or something like that. Or sure. maybe maybe a first gen Cayman if you want to, if you want to reach, but. I think that i3 would be an interesting 15 grand because I think it might keep the commute unique enough to be fun. Yeah, I like that. Although, you know, now you've got two. I, I'm trying to have you avoid two car payments unless your bank really loves you because now you've got a house payment yeah. and yeah. two car payments unless, sure, what's your credit score again? So then I thought, okay, what is the one car? Because one of your questions here is you said, Adam, you said, what is the ultimate hatchback? And I think I do have it. Oh yeah, you're not. You don't have to have manual. You've had a bunch of WRXs. You wish you had a WRX with a hatch. You want a new experience. You want all-wheel drive. Why aren't we talking about it already? Mercedes GLA AMG 45. I was wondering. That was on my list to begin with, and I thought that's not I a think bad choice. Personally, at all. I think personally, Adam, if you were gonna, if, for your situation, one car, I think that's it. I agree with that. If it is one car, that that is there is very little, if zero, competition to that car. You realize because, this because we've talked about it before. It is the grown up hot hatch. It is. There's just it is the is no it is the adult version of the hot hatch. I mean, look, I you could go like you could say Golf R there. Maybe you could, you maybe. could, but I think the Mercedes has a little more hair on fire personality that makes it interesting. Yeah, and it also has a level of cachet and luxury that you're not buying with a Golf R. Fair, fair, fair. Just yeah. People are going to be like, oh, you have a Mercedes. Exactly. It's going to have that even though exactly. you, you're laughing because right. what you really bought is a Hoonmobile with a Mercedes badge on it. <laughs> Can you like spray paint that on the back of your car? Or maybe just tiny letters on your window, something like that. Hoonmobile with a Mercedes. I love it. All right, Adam. Well, you've got some decision-making to do, and you've got to go talk to your bank, first of all, to see what's possible. <laughs> How much cash do you have? <laughs> How many car payments can I do today while I'm standing here? Exactly. Can we do three? Can we do four? What are you guys exactly. comfortable with? Like, we'll really stretch you out. Maybe we'll add a HELOC, too. <laughs> really? <laughs> I feel like signing paperwork. Exactly. I've got a good credit score. Let's have some fun. Oh, you want backyard furniture now, too, huh? Oh, sure. Great. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for writing to us. And also, if you have a Topic Tuesday, write to the same place, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com or on the website as you're perusing the Utah Adventure Yep. and Pilgrimage. It's coming at you fast. It's coming at us fast. Yeah, it is. Crazy. Yeah, it is. And, uh, yeah, we'll definitely uh, look forward to those. We'll take a break. We're coming back. We all have a lot of to-do lists, and some of them get quite long. You know, drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. Here's an idea, though. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance to that list. And the good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes you could save, you've heard it before, 15% or more on your car insurance. Extra money in your pocket? This just may be the most rewarding to-do thing on your list today. 
We're often asked how we find the cars that we recommend to all of you listening. Whether it's local or nationwide, our searches start with Auto Tempest. Instead of searching each car shopping site separately, you can enter all your parameters for the car you're looking for into Auto Tempest one time, and then you can search for them all at once. See results from Cars.com, Cars Direct, eBay, and more. Or you can jump to Auto Trader or Car Gurus without entering anything new. Same parameters, new site. You can even search all of Craigslist. Think about how hard it is to search Craigslist nationwide, one at a time. Autotempest.com has got you covered there all at once. Autotempest can help you find your next new or used car, whether there's a dozen in your neighborhood or two in the country. Plus, the people at Autotempest listen to this podcast, and they're always refining the site for more features. They've got research tools, buyer and seller guides, and they're listening to what their users need. So if you're doing your own drive homework, you're chasing your dream car, or just looking to feed the disease, as we are all the time, Autotempest.com is your place to start. We're back with another car debate for Gonzalo. He's writing to us from Barcelona, Spain. And he has that classic problem that I think mm-hmm. many of us have, which yeah. is, I'm dreaming of a certain car, and maybe in a few years I could really save and scrimp, and I could possibly have that... Or I could get something else fun, not as cool now. Now or later. And, and, and Gonzalo, I have to say, you yeah. know what podcast you wrote to, right? I, I, I am. <laughs> right, right. Look, we are not the financial uh, advisor podcast. We are the Buy Fun Car Now podcast. Mm. So uh, spoiler alert, that's where this is probably going to go from me. But let, let's unpack this further. Yeah, talk to your bank with anything you do. Talk to your bank first and make friends because, you know, it's coming. All right, scenario one. By the way, he just got his first full-time job. Mm-hmm. And you know what that means. You instantly start car shopping for reals this time. <laughs> you are in, you are, bankers love us. They do uh-huh, love us, yeah. Uh-huh. All right, scenario one, save for a couple of years and spend either 25,000, 35,000 euro mm-hmm. on a Skyline R33 GTR or some sports car, GT86, Elise, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. But I think I'm, I'm, you know, once you say Skyline, you're off the cliff. You know well, that you want a Skyline. This is his car that he's that he's lusted after. And, and here's the other thing about the Skyline: he admits it's his dream car, and he also admits that if he had one, he'd probably just baby it. He wouldn't ever track it. Look, he doesn't even I know agree. if he wants to take it to parking lots. I mean, he, he talks about <laughs> an '86 or an Elise as something he would buy and just beat on. Which I find it funny that both those cars are equivalent in his mind. And the Skyline is this oh, holy grail moment. Mm-hmm. Speaking of holy grail moment, scenario two is wait up to five years so he can get the one he really wants, which is the R34 GTR. But that imagine if the R33 GTR would be a car he wouldn't take anywhere. Would the R34 ever actually move? This is my question. How how precious would that be? Sorry, go on. Just the polished car. All right. Well, yeah. So here we go. Newer generation Elisa or Exige alongside Mm -hmm. that. If he went with more money later, yeah. If he saved for five plus years, I don't think you're not going to you're not going to last that long. (laughs) I. I'll bet you money you're not going to well, last that long. He's created a, a way to do that, he says, because, of course, he has the disease. He's like, well, I could save that long, but in the meantime, buy a motorcycle. You know, one of the reasons that we say do this, do this stuff now is because you don't know what life's throwing at you. You just don't. Yeah, And sure. And look, I'm yeah. going to go dark for a second. Okay. If you have a motorcycle for the next five years... Could something happen? I mean, something could always happen. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. I, I, look, I, I will admit, I like motorcycles, but I was spoiled against motorcycles living in Los Angeles mm-hmm. because everyone I knew that had a motorcycle in L.A. had a story that started. So the first time I got hit, if you have Which multiple times you got hit, I, I just and, – and when it goes wrong, it goes so catastrophically wrong on a bike that I just went, you know what? I like bikes. I like cars more. So, yeah, but but here's yeah. the thing: if you get a bike and that's supposed to solve feed the itch, as we like to say, if it's supposed to solve the problem, 
where are you in five years? But here's the thing, bike notwithstanding, where are you in five years? You just don't know. And this is true, the reason why I say if you can get a sports car that isn't your holy grail sports car in the near term, I think do that so you have that life experience. Because in five years, let's, let's go the other way. Let's go bright about it for a second. In five years, you might be able to afford much more sports car than you ever imagined. Oh, there is that. There is that. Although I think personally bikes in general work better in Europe and Asia than they do in the U.S. Okay. Despite okay. having our open roads, but how often – do we really get out and do the open road thing? I mean, there's a lot of people who do. Yeah, yeah. But I think generally speaking, on a day-to-day basis, bikes Fair. work better for the smaller, tighter city streets, especially in Barcelona. Point, and, point taken. You know, point all taken. these European yeah, cities, okay. I think they work better. So, you know, maybe, you know. It, scooter it's, world, yeah. I it is. You. It's kind you. of scooter yeah. world, and now they've gone up in size and displacement, yeah, and they're for kind sure. of motorcycle looking things. Sure, but, yeah, yeah. I mean, I love the freedom of motorcycles too, but yeah, they're, yeah, it's one of those things. So, I like the idea. Will that feed the itch long enough is mm-hmm. the question mm-hmm. before you just need to throw caution to the wind and finally plunk down and say, I'm getting my car. I yeah. want that car. I mean, he's thinking in, in five years he'd have not only uh, R34 GTR money, but yeah, he could get a, a newer Elise or Exceed or an F-Type or anything in kind of the, the 50,000 euro range. But I think this, look, let's let's deal in this 25, 30 range because that feels like it's close. You say it's a year or two. That that feels like it's close. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. And, I, and I also feel like you should get something. This is my big thing for you is I can't honestly sit here and tell you buy a car I know you'll be precious with. I just can't support that because sure, I, sure. if somebody's going to buy a fun car and they're going to ride into us, we, we want you driving whatever it is as much as you possibly can. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You, you and I did a drive the other day. Yeah. You're Cayman and my Elise, and, and, I, and I, I, I reached out to you and I just said, look, we've got some time this afternoon. We don't have to take cameras. Let's just go for a drive. And we went up a road that, honestly, I think they opened it last week. There's like You may have seen the photo on Instagram. Oh, there's snow. 10, 20-foot high snow walls oh, at the yeah. top of the, of the ridge. Over the course of this drive, we had every rain, uh, every type of weather imaginable. We had sun, sunshine, dry road, rain, harder rain, sleet, hail, and back through the cycle. And Seriously. It, and it wasn't like we got hailed on at, at the ridgeline. We got hailed on in the flats. And then at yeah. the ridgeline, it was yeah. sunny. It was like, what is going on? And, and by the way, that hail was right on the borderline between damage causing and yeah. I think I'm going to be okay. I hope my yeah. sheet metal lasts. Yeah, it was nuts. It's right on the border. It, it was, was nuts. scary. It's yeah, like it was, a snare drum in your roof. Because it came up all of a sudden. It's like, all right, well, I guess I'm driving this car through hail now. Yeah. But, but my point here is I have a lot of trouble saying buy something I know you're going to idolize so much you're scared to use it. Sure. I The second part, well, the third part here is that Gonzalo is a fairly good wrench. Doing the maintenance himself is not a problem, and he values handling over the power and outright speed, mm-hmm. which is why he's going to the 200, 250, 300 horsepower range, things that are fairly light. And he's got a partner, but he says it's going to be a while until they get children and for pets and you know anything like that. He says you know cats take up little to no space. This is true. By the and way, don't want to go in the car, so you're fine. Cats yeah. wouldn't text you back even if they could. This is true. And they and they really don't want to go in the car. The dog might be like, uh, car ride. That's what well, the totally. cat's like. I'm going to stay right here. Thank you. Exactly. And you need to be back in time to feed me. Exactly. That's because, yeah, I grew up with cats. That's how cats food. are. All right. So he says practicality can be re- reduced to two carry-ons for trips. And that's it. And he says, you know, an MX-5 is an alternative. But, you know, he doesn't know for him how livable the convertible thing is. Sure, which is fair. fair. That's a consideration. Yeah. Actually, there's a, another reason that I think you should get something now. Okay. I think it's... I'm going to come at it with styling. I like the R34 generation better than the 33. 
Okay. I like the 32 and I like the 34. I wasn't ever that fond of the 33, even though okay. it was a generational change that they sure, had to go through. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah. I just, I feel like if that Skyline is still on your list two years from now, three years, four years, mm-hmm. then what will, that actually might be another car that you can drive without reducing the value, that you could own oh, without reducing yeah. the value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I say if you're going to get the Skyline, personally, I would go after the R34. Mm-hmm. I, I That's just styling, the, the power, all the inherent goodness about mm-hmm. generational change and that the additional things that they did to it over time, that's my choice. But that pushes it way out. Yeah. And maybe, I'm not saying never, but it pushes it further out. It's out farther than five years if he gets something now in the interim. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But that's why I'm saying, yeah, I want you to get something mm-hmm. fun now. So, yes, go after anything in that category, 25000 to 35000 euro. I mean, we're talking GTIs, even Golf Rs. There's a lot of used good yeah. cars, and especially you being in Europe, you've got a lot. Plus, you've got you know racetracks in Spain and yeah. Portugal. There's good stuff near you there's yeah. good driving roads you've got a wealth of things to go do now with mm-hmm. a car mm-hmm. that you can get good benefit out of i, agree. I feel like i agree i mean yeah. i think i i do think this is a sooner rather than later scenario and, and i think look the the my big concern is how much you already admit that gtr of any uh, any generation is going to be precious because i don't want you to get something you're not going to really drive or you're going to drive in terror there's nothing worse than that <laughs> Drive and seriously, terror. I've known Don't plenty of people that have had a that have had a car they love so much mm-hmm. that when they drive it, all they're thinking about is what's that person doing? Wait, hang on. Oh, I got. Wait, what about the puddle? Just oh, now you aren't even enjoying it. You're almost yeah. at that point. Honestly, you're yeah. almost driving it for other people to look at it. There is that element of car ownership, but that exists. Well, but by if, the way. but if here's the thing, I know that when I'm driving the Lotus, other people like to look at it. But I also know that I'm driving it for me, and the fact that all that they can yeah. do is look thrills me. Sure, sure. But if you're driving terrified, then the only people enjoying your car are the people that watch it go by. You're not even enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, that's the worst. If you're so, not enjoying it, that's a problem. Yeah. So, so yeah. I'm I'm very concerned about that. What where I went on this is. Let's go cheap, genuine sports car now. And Are you since, work your and way since up? you're a wrench, well, but I think get into something, and I think it's also going to calibrate him. Okay? okay. I think he's okay. going to get into something. Because look, the, the GTR has been this, this holy grail car. It, is. it I, is. I don't mean this to be tacky, Gonzalo, but have, have you driven one? And I suspect if you drove a bunch of stuff and then drove that car, is it as awesome as you think it's going to be? Hmm. It might be a meet your heroes thing. It might be so awesome when you drive it. Yeah. Look, I I fully suspect you would still like Hopefully it. Hopefully not. I think they're, they I fully are suspect you'll still like it. Yes. But it might not. I have a feeling it might not be on the pedestal that it is on right now if you drive a bunch of other stuff. But it doesn't matter. Well, even if it stays there, let's get some life experience. Let's get some car experience that is a genuinely fun sports car. You don't mind wrenching. So here's where my brain went. Okay. Let's not even spend the full twenty five you're talking about. What about a Porsche nine forty four? Okay. What okay. about a '90s? I'm talking pre-Spider MR2. Sure, sure. There's cheap mid-engine first or second there. generation, or yeah. yeah, I guess first or second. Yeah, get a, get a second gen before they went to the convertible Spider. You say you're yeah. not sure about the convertible. Yeah, that's a fantastic mid-engine car. Mm. That they're cheap and you could do some, your own work on it. Or yeah, yes, you could. Since you're talking about not going convertible, you could get yourself a used. You're talking about a new '86. Get a used '86. True. True. Get one of those for ten or fifteen thousand euro. It's new enough; it will run. I mean, the, the nine forty four. Honestly, the eighty six is like the new version of the nine forty four for me in a lot of ways. 
Hmm. You know, that 944 was this not that powerful man. The handling is great. That's what that car was about. But they're out sure, there for nothing. Sure. Now, generally, when they're out there for nothing, it's because they need work done on them. But you don't mind but doing wrenching. But he's got wrenching. the capability. Exactly. The MR2 would be great. I, the only convertible I have on my list that you don't have listed is the S2000. Get one of the, get an AP1, first-gen S2000. Why not? Get a sports car you can genuinely afford. You aren't even waiting on getting that. Get something for ten or 15,000 euro. Enjoy it and figure out who am I as a driver what do I really lust after? These cheap, not powerful, good handling sports cars, that's the stuff that is cheap. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I love all that. I'm absolutely with you. I want you in something sooner rather than later. Because, it, it, as Todd said, it starts getting you with that experience. But I think I have your Mazda solve, Gonzalo. Oh, good. The third generation retractable hardtop. Mm-hmm. Because you were asking, you like convertibles, but on a livable basis... The hardtop sure. solves your worries yeah. about yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, somebody cutting into it and stealing or mm-hmm. anything like that. It solves that problem. That's good. It's still small enough. Yeah. It's new and modern enough. Yeah. And it's still big enough for what you're talking about as That's far as the travel and mm-hmm. just a couple of bags. And we don't mm-hmm. need a lot of space right now. It fits perfectly into right. European cities. You're right. And make it the hardtop. The only generation Mazda ever did that, which I thought was a brilliant move. Yeah, the NC Miata. That's great. Power retractable hardtop. Those yeah. are cheap, too. They're in the same category. Yeah, absolutely. They're probably, honestly, cheaper than you could get a used 86. Yeah, probably. We are, we're in that ten to 15,000 euro thing all day long. You get a nice one. That's, that's a great one. I like that I'm a lot. I'm saying right in that arena. Well, yeah, you've, you've got some decisions to make. You're back to talk to. And yeah. uh, Gonzalo, please let us know. Thanks for And us for to writing. write back. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> really appreciate it. All right, we've got to jump to questions here. There's some car cleaning questions Uh-oh. from a few people. And there is a, car, a cover question. First of all, from Devin Brower, 34. He's now addicted to Griot's products. That was the plan all along. <laughs> hey, I just wanted to share my love for Griot's stuff. It started in 98. And they are awesome. It. And if you use that every day, use the word every day, that is a 10% off code. That does work. It continues yes. to work. Yes. I actually realize I need some more product. Anyway, yeah. All right. Well, if he washed his Grand Cherokee for the first time, is a foam cannon necessary? <laughs> Well, foam cannons are cool. I do not have a foam cannon. I would like a foam cannon. Mm -hmm. But it's essentially like, you know, leaving your dishes in the sink to rinse and get the grime off and you're... You're getting the crustiness off first. You're soaking the car first, and it gets the it gets the dirt moving. It gets the I could the suds going. Only imagine okay? the extra steps you would add if we if we had a foam cannon oh, in the I garage. It, it's coming at some point. I'm you, getting you would have like cannon. an industrial strength that comes from the back of one of those big fire trucks. You know, it, totally. it'd be a, like an eight thousand psi foam cannon. The car gets moved when it gets hit by foam. But keep in mind, I've used their products for years and haven't had a foam cannon. True. So true. Yes, you can just do a bucket and gloves if you want, but I'd say go for the starter kit and you know, graduate to the foam cannon at some point. Foam cannons for everyone. Also, Priest Tommy said he has never been into cleaning or detailing his car, but just got his first fun car, which is an E46325i. Okay. Congratulations. Cool. Wants to keep it nice. So, yes, you've never been into it until now. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the black <laughs> hole of car care. Yes, Grios does have the starter kit and yeah. just some speed shine, some vinyl detailer. Well, you're going to want some wheel cleaner, and then they've got the tire rubber cleaner, too, and towels. You uh, One towel for a job. Okay? I, I just, they offer different color towels. They've got the dirty spots rag. They've got the if, exterior paint if towel. You, if you're me. And window cleaner. If, if, if you're me and you aren't used to doing this and you can't do it at Paul levels, you do need the speed shine. You need you need soap. You need the good <laughs> car washing soap. Yes, You need yes. the speed shine, and you need do need the vi- vinyl and rubber uh, uh 
whatever that detail thing <laughs> the, the is. Vinyl that stuff's detailing. awesome. That's, That's great. It. And then towels happen, and I I just have towels. I'm lucky to ha- even have towels. But if you're not washing your car, Mstrin509 says he lives in an apartment, finally got a nice fun car. How often do you put the cover on if you drive it multiple days a week? And how clean or dry does the car need to be with you know no scratching? Mm-hmm. Maybe look at a car duster. The California car duster is very helpful before you put the car cover on. That can just get that nice layer off. You can go a few days, but yeah. you know that's in normal, sunny, summer weather. Okay, But if it's grimy, yeah, you're not going to want to do that every time. But if the car is filthy time. coming out of a rainstorm, don't throw the cover on it. But I'd say you know, short of that off. kind of thing. Yeah. But if you can, every night. I just cover it every night, get into the habit. And by mm-hmm. the way, there is an easy way to put the cover on and take it off. You want to make sure that when you take it off, start at the end. So take the cover off the front, roll it up towards the windshield, up onto the roof. Are okay. you shocked? There's a procedure here, folks. Stop you there. shouldn't be shocked. And then do the same thing with the rear. Roll it up the back window onto the top of the roof. So at some point, you you have dough, sort of like I'm with you you. Know, Pillsbury I'm with you. dough yeah. over you know the sides of the car. So one hang, hanging down process. the driver's side, one you. hanging on okay. the passenger yeah. side. Yeah, yeah. And then you flop it over each other uh-huh. and then pull it up without sliding the car cover because you don't want to slide it on. Uh-huh. That'll you know, introduce the... The, the scratching. So pick CPO it up CPO gold, folks. CPO gold is happening. stick in the trunk. Yeah. There you go. Well done. Uh, let's see. Todd actually asked me. Todd asked Todd. Facebook, uh, what's your ideal two-car garage setup? Lift? Lifts? Wife gets one side? He's asking for a friend. No, you're <laughs> sure. not. No, you're not. Let, let me help you out here, Todd. Uh, I actually think personally my ideal would be one just space. And it would probably be for my wife's Cayenne or whatever. But one space. And the other side has a four-post lift. Because that does two things. Yes, you can double stack if your garage is high enough, ideally. You can double stack two cars in there, which is great. But then you also have a lift for when you need to do something. Mm-hmm. You have your own lift to work on. I think, granted, I'm dealing in a two-car scenario. I think that's the one I really like the most. I have two cars and she has one. So there we got to store three cars somehow. I mean, look, if, you, if you've if you got the space and you've got the cars, I, I realize you could do two lifts. But I think... If I was just thinking about what's my base perfect version, mm-hmm. it's a space on one side and a lift on the other. Hmm. I like it. Fraser Haber writes to us on Facebook. Not a question, but his mom saw a GLE 350 coupe in the Target parking lot and texted him a picture saying, what the heck kind of car is this? <laughs> and it was so striking to her, she couldn't believe how ugly it was. So that this is the Interesting. GLE sort of the... The coupe shape with an SUV one size down from the it's GLC. The, it's the, the big boy midsize. Coupe. It's the midsize Mercedes SUV in coupe shape. I, I have to admit, I'm digging the Cayenne coupe. So you're prob- are you I'm probably I, the wrong person I to ask? I can't get there. I like it because it's not the X6. It's actually rideable in the well, back seat. And that's actually- like saying I like it because it's not cancer. I'm sorry, but no. the X6 is a low bar. Well, okay, maybe a bad example. We'll use the ZDX from Acura. <laughs> no, from yeah, slightly better. Terrible. Yeah. I, I like it because it actually looks the makes the form factor of the Cayenne look smaller and more compact. And I That's why you I'm buy a Macan. Secretly digging it. I think that, that car's useless, but whatever. But yes, Mercedes has a really quite a vast array of SUVs to choose from. Yes, as does everybody. And the shape on your SUV is becoming a thing inexplicably, yeah. but I think it's a thing because the manufacturers have told us it's a thing. Well, but it's, but it's, here's, here's where, here's where it all merges. It's 
I really want a sports car. And so from the door handles up, from the belt line up, it's a sports car. But I really want a lot of ride height. I really want to be able to see around people. And apparently I live in Florida, but and and it's never rained in in 25 years where I live. But I need all-wheel drive. So from the belt line down, (laughs) it's an SUV supposedly. And and, and we have have somehow, as as the car-consuming public, landed in this place – Mm-hmm. And this is what we're doing. The other thing that happens is infrastructure in a lot of places is going bad. I want a sports car, but I have potholes. That's the other thing that happens. Well, what yeah. if I had a sports car-shaped SUV? What if we just bought cars? What if we did it's, that? Yes, you I'm could. sorry. But they're selling inexplicably. They they're are. Selling, That's why they're I selling. I bet you they will sell a boatload mm-hmm. of the Mercedes and the Cayenne Coupe, by Of the way. course they will. Of course they will. Uh, Chris asked an interesting question about our movies. He's been, he this actually owns all of our movies on Blu-ray. Thank you, Christopher. I appreciate that. He owns all of them. He said he's been watching a few of them, and he's kind of curious what our favorites were, or to put it another way, what are our favorites or least favorites in the making process? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he lists his favorites, and thank you for that. I'm really glad that you like them all. Uh, I have to say that, honestly, I am probably most proud of two of them. Okay. The Corvette one, because we pulled it off. Yeah. And the 9-11 film, because we, honestly, at the time we did it, I couldn't believe nobody else did it. I agree. And we were so small, and it was such an undertaking for us, I am very proud and amazed we actually were able to get the whole thing to happen. The other reason I bring up those two is because, conversely, they are the complete polar opposites in enjoyment. Mm-hmm. I loved making the 9-11 film. It was one yeah. of those things where we pushed really hard and everything came together. And as things happened, it just kept happening well. It kept surprising yeah. us with how yeah. well it went. Agreed. And it's, let's be honest. Because it was our first film, it's one of the reasons we were like, let's do another one. Because the 9-11 film, <laughs> everything just easy. fell into place. <laughs> we made a, a film we were very proud about of it. Conversely, American Original almost literally tried to kill me. I know so, it did. I know. While I am incredibly proud that we pulled it off, that was a genuinely difficult production for me. And because of yeah. all of the issues that I personally had in cars the first two or three days, by the third or fourth day of the shoot, I was just flat out rattled. Yeah. I so know I'm, I'm glad that we have a film that turned out as well as it did and looks as good as it did. I'm very proud of that one. The one that was actually, I feel like, personally easiest to make, to make, was Pilgrimage. Because Pilgrimage was just a documentary. Well, we were going anyway. We just went and did this thing, and we took cameras and captured it. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't – a lot of the rest of them have, to some degree, some level of structure. Okay? Pilgrimage was just, I don't know how this is going to be. Let's just go. We'll take cameras. We'll record it. It'll be awesome. We had an incredibly fun time. It's one of the reasons that the trip has, has jumped from that because you get to go do what we did. But it was by far the easiest from a person on camera. It was by far the easiest one to make because you and I just went and did. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm with you. I – I'm choosing American Original as my favorite for weird reasons, but kind of because it was hard to make, but because this engaged our local car community like no other film of ours ever That's has. true. That's true, yeah. The amount of engagement and talk among the Corvette owners mm-hmm. and the community mm-hmm. and yeah. what was going on on a daily basis because yeah. you know the owners <laughs> from the prior day would, yeah. would call the upcoming owners, the C3 and C4, and say, yeah, you got your insurance all paid up? Yeah, because the guys are coming. They're going to take your car. The long-haired guy's going to try to break something. Be aware. Yeah. But just from a, a production, it was hard to pull off. It mm-hmm. was hard to get those cars. You think it's easy to get generations of cars together? It is not. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Unless you're right. you know people, but even just introducing and convincing and saying, you know, we've got Icon and, and 50 Years as the, here's what we're going to do. Here's kind of before. the result. Yeah, yeah. But, we didn't know where we were 
really still getting into, but it engaged the community like never before. And 13 cars, which was almost twice as much as we'd done before. I mean, the the other one was eight. That was the closest we got. I mean, 13 cars is a lot for one movie. Absolutely. I mean, that was, yeah, crazy. Crazy to think we've got five under our belt, which is amazing. All right. uh, What else? Um, what other questions? Well, let's see here. I've got uh, many. Uh, here's one. It's it's a racing line on Instagram. Said if we had the ability to add another track or tracks to the pilgrimage trip, hmm. no constraints or logistics or cost. N- n- not like thinking about it in reality is what he's saying. Just like sure. add a track. Sure. What would it be and why? Ooh. Ooh. I thought of two. Okay. Ascari. Yeah. In Spain, because it's just a really cool track in the middle of nowhere. It's connected to a resort. It's all of those things. By the way, Gonzalo, that is, um, I think, kind of close to you. Within a few hours' drive, I believe. Yeah, so Ascari I would love to have on the list. And then I have to say it, because if we're talking about no logistics, I would just love to be able to do it because logistics are impossible. Monaco. Oh, heck yeah. I've driven that circuit in a, in a Mitsubishi iMeave. No, that at, was a Twizy. You were oh, a Twizy. Sorry, it was a Twizy. It was right. I'm sorry. It was a Twizy. It was a Twizy with my wife. And and that's actually an extra on one of our films. That's hysterical. <laughs> in 50 years uh, – sorry, in the Pilgrimage film, Pilgrimage that's an film. extra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I drove that. It's a ridiculous thing. I drove it at there, – there's a woman on a bicycle that I keep <laughs> passing her and then she keeps passing me. This is how slow I'm going because that's how fast traffic is moving. And it was crazy at that speed. The, if logistics were no question – and you mm. could actually put people in a car to get to drive the Monaco circuit, that's the one I'd add. Because you're also in that's Monaco, awesome. which is like nowhere else in the world, both good and bad, and wickedly expensive. But just be able to say, come on, I did that? Come on, that's nuts. Those are really good. Although I want to drive Texas. I want to drive Coda Coda, sure, yeah, yeah. Although that's obviously not part of that same And we trip, could make it happen, yeah. But I just, I'm so intrigued with this track. It. I see it, yeah. So intrigued. All right, uh, what else? Jake Anthony Nye says, is there a good site that explains differences in car packages other than the factory site? There are actually not that many, but the book H Point actually describes mm. packaging and you know understanding where hit points are. Mm. Starts to help you understand what packaging is and, and layout is. You're essentially packaging people and the engine and goods and how much space you want, and you're packaging everything together based on maybe existing production and you know but future is, manufacturing, all those kinds of things. Is he asking packages like, I need to get the M Sport Pack? That is also valid. He might be asking if that. If he's asking that kind of stuff, honestly, you have to kind of you have to do two things. You have to read the manufacturer's description, which is not always as clear as you'd like it to be. And then you have to kind of honestly, this is where <laughs> reviewers are helpful. Because reviewers can talk about I'll give you a great one, the Z fifty one pack on the C7 Corvette mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is the only way that car should come. Oh, okay? agreed, agreed. And it's not very expensive, agreed. but but it, you read the Z51 package, you're like, I don't know, maybe. But but once you hear people talk about how that changes the differences in the car, you, it, it's going to take digging to figure out what a lot of these packages are. And a lot of them, unfortunately, are still the kind of thing where you want this feature and you get these four others you don't want. I do have a secret. If, if packaging, you mean trim levels... Mm-hmm. And maybe I misread that, but you're right, Jake. If you're if you're thinking more about the different trim levels from car to car and what each includes, 
actually, here's the secret. It's the media sites for all the car companies. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We use them extensively, obviously, to contact car manufacturers and interact with them for press cars and press loans. But there's also a wealth of information if you don't have to log in. Sometimes there's a few features hidden behind firewalls, and they need to approve you if you're a car journalist. But if you're not, you can still go there and find a huge amount of information on the trim levels. that's a good point. For, you know, here's this car, Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. and they have downloadable PDFs about... This trim level includes all these things, and they really break down the minutia that the regular car manufacturing sites, That's the a good regular point. That's sites a good will point. never tell you. They just yeah. say, sometimes they don't even tell you what transmission does the car have. Yeah. They just tell you, hey, look at all the space and all the thing, things they think the consumer is looking for. That's a that's a great that's piece of advice. Consumer facing a lot media of times, sites and press sites. Yeah, a lot of t- the press site is key. A lot of times, if you're searching for the information and you need to take it with you, it's it's much harder to get unless you're an approved journalist. But if you just Google the press information for yeah. car blank, you literally Google those words, you will probably find a site that is that's a great recommendation. Probably more in depth than you would normally find on the manufacturer site. That's good. I mean, it tells us all kinds of things, specs yeah, and trim right, levels, right. and that's. That's what we're looking for. For sure. For to, sure. To yeah. know, well, what are we in? It's got all these trim mm-hmm. levels. Here's the Monroney. Holy cow, it's this much money. But then we can see, okay, that's where the you know, all-wheel drive. And that's when you can do – you're not doing configurators, but it does break down all the things that it's are available. It's the compare and contrast. They yeah, talk for sure. about them for really sure. yeah. in depth. So that that is kind of the secret there. All right. Uh, Jay Doherty 787 asks if, you know, if we uh, had had the disease earlier in life <laughs> – since we don't didn't really get into cars until we were already adults. I mean, I was into cars. We were both into cars growing up, but yeah, never had yeah, yeah. The, the resources or money to be able to go buy something. What would have been our first car if we had realized and been able to act on the disease earlier instead of, well, kid needs a car. Here's your car. We're going Camry or Accord shopping. Yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. That is. I mean, my neighbor had a Triumph TR7. I was yeah, obsessed with that thing, that, not yeah. knowing a thing about how terrible yeah. they were. Terrible, I say, by, you know, when they ran, they were probably a lot of fun. <laughs> his never ran. His sat. That's funny. That's very and funny. And I was just obsessed with this thing. And probably, you know, little BMWs and that kind of thing. I, that, that's probably me. Yeah. Okay. I see that. I see that. I'm going to go to a question from Tim D. Marsh. He asked this question. And we we tend to fall on one of two sides of the manual uh, transmission equation. I realize there's a big gray area in the middle. He says, we talk a lot about daily driving manuals. We talk about we don't want you to have one in traffic. And he's going, wait a minute. I have a 25-mile there and back commute. I have a manual BRZ, and I couldn't be happier. What what have we missed? What is he missing? Tim, you haven't told us what kind of commute. Mm, right, okay? Right. When I think of a commute, a real commute, I think you are you are parked on the 405. That's just terrible. You're just terrible. <laughs> yeah. I, I, that's what I think of when I think yeah. of a commute because I think about all the times I went down the 405, all the times I sat and stopped and go traffic in Los Angeles. And I love manual transmissions. I love them. And I would like to have one forever. And I have a dual clutch in the Lancer. And that's been fun, but I'm missing having a manual in my winter car too. Okay? Sure. Yeah. I would have a manual in my wife's Cayenne, except we kind of went – Let's get the automatic for the family car. But but I would. And she actually was almost – I was almost able to push her over the edge on that too. So this is how much I like a manual transmission. I would drive it in all situations. However, if you've ever done – and I have – two hours in traffic mm, yeah. with a car with a stiff clutch, stop and go, manual transmission – you hate yourself. It's rough. You yeah. hate yourself when yeah. that two hours is over. You love the car, but it's it's like you got forced to do a workout that you didn't enjoy because <laughs> your left leg, you, you kind of like you kind of melt out of the side of the car. So, what is your commute like? It, I drive a Lotus Elise daily. 
I go into, I commute to Salt Lake often in it, and it's fine because I'm going to do four or five stoplights, and I'm going to be in stop and go for maybe five, ten minutes of a 30-minute commute. Sure. Great. Sure. Let's do it in the Lotus. If I was sitting on the 405, I'd have a different car. So it comes down to what is your life experience. The BRZ manual is actually pretty easy to drive in all scenarios. I could see you probably loving it. I would love it too. I'd drive the FRS every day and be happy. Slight revisiting rant coming on based on Michael oh, Newsom's question. Oh, rant. Okay. Of any sort of famous or otherwise well-known folks that we've met or know of, hmm. who were we most surprised to find out had the car enthusiast bug, the disease? Hmm. I mean, most of the other well-known folks in the car community we're meeting, we, well, we know that they have the car we've disease heard of it. because yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, running their own channels or running their own websites. Sure, sure. But I still rant about Army Hammer. And the 992 introduction in Los Angeles. They picked him. <laughs> Nothing against him. I like his acting. I think he's a good dude. I'm sure he's into Porsches. And I'm not saying pick me. I'm saying why not Patrick Dempsey? Yeah. How about any of the other <laughs> thousands of Porsche super freaks? I thought, really? You, was everybody else sick that day? Because he's a nice guy. I Like I said, I'd... Sure, if we You're met, trying to figure out to the, hang out, the draw cars, the connection but there? Okay. He just said he likes Porsches. Well, so do we. So yeah. everybody else. What? I, That's a low bar. I hear you. How point. about some other famous Porsche race driver or mm. anybody from Le Mans or <laughs> come on. The choices are endless. Was I still don't get that one. But okay. That's good. Whatever. Um, not necessarily. I mean, you know, it's not like we're meeting famous people on a daily basis. Even living really in not. L.A., you really, don't. Really, really not. Yeah. I did see Harrison Ford one time come into a Mexican restaurant. Okay. Nobody recognized him. Was there a joke there? I felt, no. felt like that was set up for a joke. No, no, nobody really recognized him. Nobody behind the counter recognized him. He was just a guy. I saw Christopher Guest on my last flight to Los Angeles, and uh, and of course that's that you have to know who he is. Okay, mm-hmm. he's waiting for Guffman, and he was the six fingered man in Princess Bride. I mean, he's he's a character actor. He's a very funny guy, married to Jamie Lee Curtis. Right there, I've probably listed more than most people know about the guy. And I just saw him in first class and thought that was Christopher Guest, and I thought I'm not going to bug the guy, but I saw him anyway. Whatever that means. Uh, Jeffrey Rise on uh, on Facebook said, "What's our opinion on the switchable all wheel drive oh, that's yeah. been introduced on the M5 and is coming up, up on the M8? This is essentially the M5 has always been a rear wheel drive super sedan. Hey, look at me slide this, and now it has all wheel drive. Yes, right. But you can turn it off and make it rear wheel drive again. Here's my first thought: Haven't we come full circle? <laughs> M- meaning." <laughs> Traditional four by fours with four by four running gear and a low range gearbox. You're driving. We had used, my wife used to have a Yukon. Mm-hmm. You're driving it around in rear wheel drive. Oh look, I need the front wheels involved. Let me shift and add them. And then we walked away from yeah. that because we don't need that running gear. And now we've got CUVs and everybody wants all wheel drive. And now everybody needs all wheel drive. Well, great. Now we have switchable. Isn't that the same thing? Have we gone full circle? Yeah. But all of that to say, I love this. Because as a general public, we have gotten to the place where, for whatever reason, I'm t- painting with a broad brush, we have to have all-wheel drive for safety. We don't, but we have to. <laughs> so if that's going, if this is the way that cars are going to be able to make sense for manufacturers, because they can make them all-wheel drive, which means they're going to sell more to the people that have to have all-wheel drive, but you and I can get in it, just like the start-stop system on a car, and turn it off and have it be rear-wheel drive... Great. The yeah, thing I don't like yeah. is you've added weight and complexity. But if this keeps, if this is the way that the rear wheel drive survives, I'm okay with it. I agree. Well, this is BMW's compromise response to all mm-hmm. of the enthusiasts because this is available on the M5 and the M8. Yeah. As rear wheel drive cars, the enthusiast cars, but from a sales standpoint, they want to offer all wheel drive. But let's be able to turn that off, satisfy the enthusiasts. Mm-hmm. You can turn it on again when you need it. I think it's great, but yeah, I agree with you. It adds weight. Yeah. I, don't yeah. like that, but 
This is why Gordon Murray is reintroducing manual transmissions for hypercars. In his car, it's come we can't full circle. It's crazy, isn't it? Very funny. Guys, thank you so much for your questions. Really appreciate it. We're looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>